I began last week talking to you on the subject of be bold. So could we just say that together? Be bold. No, come on, we can do better than that. Be bold. That's what we're talking about. And so as you grab your Bible or whatever you've got the Word of God downloaded on, uh, go to the book of 1 Chronicles, the fourth chapter. Let me say hello to the campuses today that are joining with us. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. We gather week after week in different locations, but we're one church that's moving forward, taking the kingdom of God forward. And we're glad you're with us today. I believe that God has a word for you. So as I'm preaching here, I believe God's going to speak to you there and that you're going to receive the blessings of God. So let's get ready to go together into the Word of God. The book of 1 Chronicles is where we started, and we're going to continue there. So would you look at that, 1 Chronicles, the fourth chapter, verse 9 through 10. And I'm reading out the New King James Version of the Bible. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in what? Pain. In fact, the, the word there, Jabez, means pain. So, so basically, his name is Pain. Everywhere he goes, they're just saying, Pain, come here. Pain, come here. Pain, I mean, can you imagine? It says, And then Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, right? That you would enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I would not cause pain. And the last sentence is probably one of the greatest sentences in Scripture when it says, so God granted him what he requested. How many of you would like for God to grant you your request? Come on. Have you ever asked God for anything? Right? Now, now how do we get there? How do we find ourselves receiving from God. How, how do we get to that place like Jabez where the Bible says he was more honorable than his brothers and that when he asked this bold prayer, and we've been talking about praying boldly and living boldly, how did it come to the place that the last part of that God says, oh yeah, by the way, I want you to know I answered his prayer. Why? How did that take place? Well, the Word of God says that when you pray in accordance to the will of God that you can know you're going to receive. So when, when I read this passage, there are four basic aspects. We began last week with the part of where he said, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Have you ever asked God to bless you? Have you ever had that, Lord, I need a blessing today. I, I just need you to do something in my life today. I, I need something special to happen. But you know what? Jabez didn't kind of pray like this. Now, Lord, you know, if you don't have anything else to do today, if you're not very busy in the heavenlies, Angels aren't giving you a hard time today, right? Come on, that's how a lot of us pray. Well, God, you know, maybe if you could, would you maybe please? And then we always want to end, and if it be thy will, that's the disclaimer at the end of it, right? That's not what Jabez did. Jabez said, Lord, that you would bless me, and then he thought of me, and he said, indeed. I, I want you not just to give me a little blessing. I want you to give me an abundant blessing. We talked about favor last week. We talked about that the word blessed means uh, to be favored. In fact, it, it actually means uh, un, an unfair favoritism. And I told you last week, remember what I said? It wasn't good grammar, but I'm going to use it again. Favor ain't fair. Come on, right? Favor ain't fair. And, and a lot of times we look at people and say, you know, I, I know I'm living better than them. I know I'm acting better. I know all this stuff. Favor ain't fair. 
We, we find that through Scripture in Joseph's life and Moses' life and the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter. I mean, really, Peter, you're going to be the one that opens the church age? You, you know, you're cussing, you're cutting people's ears off. Y'all do read the Bible, don't you? That stuff's in there. I'm not making this up. And yet God says, oh, I like him. There's something about it. And, and so I'm going to favor him. Uh, flesh and blood didn't reveal this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. And, and oh, yeah, by the way, you're going to open the kingdom. All right? I, I mean, all, all these things are, are about the favor. And so we talked about that last week. I won't re-preach that. Uh, you know, get the CD, go online and watch it or whatever. All right? Here's, here's what we're talking about today. When, when Jabez asked for his territory to be enlarged, now he's talking in the natural. I know he's talking about uh, more place to take his herd and all this stuff that he's got. But, but it really what he's saying is, he said, I want God's success for my life. Now, now let me help you this morning. You, you can have all kind of success, but if you don't have God's success, you're in trouble. You, you can live in the finest house in the, in the community. You, you can uh, have the, you know, the greatest degree that anybody has. You, you can own the nicest business and building. All those things are wonderful, but you know what? If that's not what God's design for your life is, it's of no use, right? And, and so what, what we want in this and what Jabez was saying is, Lord, I want your success. I want you to enlarge my territory. And, and here's what he's saying. He's saying, God, I want a multiplication anointing. How many of you know it's, it's wonderful to have addition, but multiplication's great, right? I mean, one plus one is two. That's wonderful. But when you get two times two and four times four and 16 times 16, I mean, all of a sudden, I... You know, we're talking about being bold now. If, you, if you're a little scared... You can't pray this kind of prayer, but Jabez, the, the guy in pain, prays this prayer. Lord, that you would enlarge my territory. He's saying, I, I want to be enlarged spiritually. I, I, I want to be enlarged with wisdom. You know, the book of James says, if we lack wisdom, if we'll ask of God, he will give it to us generously. All right? He's saying, God, take my capacities and expand them. My capacity to lead, my capacity financially, my capacity, Lord, even in my emotions, expand, enlarge my territory. Now, you know what? He, here's, here's what he's saying. God, I want your success. How many of you want the success of God? Do, do you really want God's success? Now, let me tell you what success really is. You ready? Hope you're writing this down. Here's what success is. Knowing and attaining God's goals for your life. That's what success is. What is, what is it that God has? What, is, what are the goals for my life that God wants? And once I attain those, then I'm successful. See here, and understand this, success is different. It's, it's, it's different things to different people at different times. That makes sense? You, you know what, when, you, when, you're, when your kids are at home, uh, success looks one way. So, I mean, sometimes uh, when your kids are at home, success is just putting one foot in front of the other. What are y'all looking at me like that for? I mean, so, sometimes you look out. Have you, any of you that have had small children at home, whatever, have you ever left the house and, and looked down and, and you weren't, you know, you weren't completely put together? Because you'd been putting them together all morning and you know, and, and you showed up and you went, wow, I've got two different shoes on. And, right? Why? Because, uh, you know, success at that moment is just getting those kids to school and raised and all that. 
then as life moves on, you know, success looks differently. But, but six, and, and the other aspect of that is, is that I can't, the Bible says when I, it says don't judge yourselves by yourselves. In other words, don't, don't judge yourself by looking at somebody else you go to church with or somebody else that's a believer that you know. But what it's saying is, is that your success is different than somebody else's. You, you just need to know what God desires for you. And when you know what God desires for you, then you can begin to believe for that. See, my territory will enlarge. I, I believe that if you pray this prayer, God stands willing to answer this prayer. The Bible says, ask, seek, and knock, and it'll be open to you. That God, God's going to hear you. God's going to show up in your life. But, but the problem is, is that for us to see our territory enlarge, we've got to overcome some obstacles in life. How many of you remember in Scripture where the Bible says that God told the children of Israel, I'm giving you a land. And he said, that land's flowing with milk and honey. And he said, I'm giving it to you, right? right. Now, that, that sounds nice. Doesn't that sound good? I mean, if, if God told you, I'm giving you a city, and he said that you didn't build, and you're going you're gonna to eat from vineyards you didn't plant, he, he said, that's, I mean, that's power. Woo, yeah, come on. Right? But then he said to the children of Israel, oh, yeah, by the way, children of Israel, go in and possess the land. I'm giving it to you. But he said, every place that your foot treads upon, that shall be yours. So there are aspects. God says, pray this prayer. Pray, Lord, enlarge my territory, but understand there's some obstacles you're going to face. Remember last week I told you when, when we were talking about favor and that favor ain't fair, that the first thing I told you about favor last week is that when favor comes, there's some obstacles that comes along with it, right? I just wanted to prepare you for that, okay? So let's, let's talk about uh, a couple of three or four things here. N- number one is, number one obstacle in your life to having your territory expand is when you are unteachable. Have you ever met anybody that knew it all? Don't poke anybody. And they got the answer to everything. I mean, I, a few years ago, I had a guy call me and said, I want you to come consult with me at our church. And, and I said, okay. And, and uh, I hadn't known him for a long time. And I went. And, uh, and I was supposed to be there three days. And, and I was there uh, one evening and the next day. And I called my wife at about noon. I said, I'm coming home. She said, why are you coming home? You're supposed to be there two more days. I said, I can't tell him anything. Everything I would start to talk to him about, he, he'd jump ahead. And I finally thought, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting his time. I'm going home. Why? Because he was unteachable. See, when you're given two ears and one mouth, that ought to tell us something, but I won't go to meddling right now, Okay. Here's what Hosea says about it. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed from the lack of knowledge. I'm not going to even read the rest of it. My people are destroyed from the lack of knowledge. Okay? And, and, and so we've, we've got to come to that place where we understand. Uh, there, there's a scripture in the book of Proverbs. Uh, how many of you remember Mr. T from back in the day? How many of you remember Mr. T? Mr. T had a saying, I pity the fool. Come on, remember that? I pity the fool. All right? Well, that's what Proverbs says. Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. I pity the fool. Right? Come on. When, when we're unteachable, we're in trouble. Now, there, there's a couple of ways that we can gain wisdom. 
One of them is through experience. How many of you have ever heard somebody say, you know, experience is the best teacher? Ever heard that? That's baloney. Experience isn't the best teacher. If I stand and watch you hit your hand with a hammer, I don't have to hit my hand with a hammer to know it hurts. I don't go, oh, yeah, let me try that. Wham! I'm not that dumb. I look at that, and you're jumping around praising Jesus, I'm sure. No words coming out of your mouth that shouldn't be at that moment. I look at you and go, hmm, note to self. Don't hit yourself with a hammer. Don't have to experience it. Learn from your mistakes. See, but, but a lot of people, they, they're all for experience. Wisdom, here, listen, that's the difference in experience and wisdom. Wisdom is learning from the mistakes of others. Wisdom is saying, that's what they did. But, I, you know, I, I don't need that experience of learning from my mistake. I'll look around. I'll learn some things from somebody else. Now, a lot of times in our lives, what we don't understand is that in this whole aspect of enlarging our territory and this unteachable spirit, is that, and, and, and some of us aren't going to like this, I'm going to say it anyway, uh, but if you'd smile at me, I'd feel better. Listen to me. You are what you have decided to be. No, 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 I, I'm this because, because, no, 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 you are what you have decided to be. Well, you, you don't know my background. You don't know where I came from. I can put somebody else who has a worse background and came through a rougher time than you did who has made something and done something with their life and for the kingdom of God. See, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to get past the victim mentality. We, we, we've got to come to that place where we say, wait a minute, I, I can learn some things, I can grow in some ways, I can have a teachable spirit, because if I get a teachable spirit, then God can expand my territory. You say, well, well how, how do I get that? Well, invest in some resources. I tell people all the time, you know what, if you get a book, or you go to a seminar, or you hear a sermon, and you get one thing out of it, it's worth your time, your money, and your effort. All right? I mean, get, get some CDs in your car. I, I, you know, I know you got Diddy and Shania or whoever in there. Got you. All right? They're teaching you something, all right? I don't know why. Uh, here's, here's what you might want to do. Maybe you want to get something that could lift you up, that could encourage you, that could strengthen you. Maybe you want to get something that could educate you or, or help you go to the next. I, I don't know. But there might be a moment because you're spending, you know, some of you 30 and 40 and an hour at a time in that car. What would happen if you would begin to be teachable in those moments and begin to see God expand your territory? The second thing that stops you and your capacity uh, is unforgiveness unteachable but unforgiveness mark the 11th chapter the 25th verse says it this way and when you stand praying if you hold anything against anyone wow that's <laughs> he said in case you were trying to play with that if you hold anything against anyone forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you wow again well pastor you don't know what i've gone through i don't you don't know what they did to me. I don't. You, you don't understand my background. You don't understand the way I was. I, I just can't forgive them. I don't feel like I can forgive them. That's your first problem. I'm not trying to be rude, trying to help you. That's your first problem. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision. Let me help you. 
Jesus hanging on the cross with nails in his hands, nails through his feet. His back has been beaten. They have taken a crown of thorns and they have literally beat it into his skull. He is hanging there, the blood dripping out of his body, and Jesus at that moment does not feel like forgiving anybody. In fact, if you were to have asked in the flesh at that moment, what do you feel like doing? I feel like calling the legions of heavenly angels here to kill all of you. Come on. Yet Jesus said what? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Now let me tell you something. Until somebody's nailed you on the cross, until they've beaten you with an inch of your life, and until you've had a crown of thorns placed into your skull, you cannot say, I have a right to hold unforgiveness. Because Jesus faced every bit of that, and he still forgave. I, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll be quick with this because you're liking it so much. <laughs> forgiveness is a requirement to success. Because God can't bless bitter people. It's against his nature. So I've got to choose. I've, I've got to make a decision today. Let me, let me help some of you. Let God judge and schedule punishment. Just take your hands off of it. See, here, here, here's what you've got to understand. You have received mercy, so why don't you sow mercy? You have received love, so why don't you sow love? You have received forgiveness, so why don't you sow forgiveness? I have today, today in my life, I have to say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. The third thing, the third obstacle to expanding your territory is unwise associations. I got to be real good today. I can remember when I started running with some people my mom didn't appreciate back in the day. My father was killed when I was 14, so I was raised in a single parent home. And so, um, and, and, she, and she would say those brilliant things that I swore I'd never say to my kids. Come on, you, you, you're going to know them. Such as son, birds of a feather. Come on, you had that mama too, didn't you? <laughs> Flock together. And I'd say, but, I, you know, I'd, I'd go, well, well, everybody's doing it. Well, if everybody was jumping off the, yeah. <laughs> would you? And, I, and probably at that point in my life, yeah, I probably would have, you know. Uh, uh, but but it, it, it really is a biblical understanding. Proverbs 13, 20 says this, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Here goes Mr. T. I pity the fool because you come into harm. When you walk with those kind of people, you're coming to harm. So, so what we've got to do today, if, if I want to see my territory expanded, whether that's spiritually or financially or, or in any way of my life, then what I've got to do is I've got to reevaluate some friendships. Let me give you some questions to ask yourself. Number one is, do they build you up or tear you down? 
The people you're hanging with, are they building you up or are they tearing you down? Well, pastor, they've been in my life all these years. As Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? <laughs> Number two, do they encourage your dreams and ambitions? Are they the kind of people that come on and say, man, you can do it. I believe you can make this happen. I believe. Why don't you, why don't you start that business? Why don't, you, why don't you go get your education? Why don't, are they those kind of people? Or are they always saying, it's never going to work? And lastly, do they help you achieve what you want in life? If they don't. Now, if you married them, that's your problem. <laughs> Just pray for change. All right, because you stuck. Should have chose better when you did that. Anyway, but, but you, you, you got to get those kind of people into your life and get the wrong people out of your life. The, the, the next one is undeveloped abilities. I won't read all this. I'll just read the first part of Romans 12. Romans 12, 6 through 8 uh, talks about that we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And it says, if your gift is prophecy, the prophesying goes, goes through that whole thing. He, here's, here's the deal. God gives everybody gifts. In other words, he gives us skills. All right? And, and we have some knowledge that comes along with that and some attitudes that come along with that. The issue is, is not that can God bless us with the skills and, and the gifts that we've been given. The issue is, what have we done with what we've been given? You remember the story in Scripture where it talks about uh, that a landowner was getting ready to leave and be gone for a season, and he called his, his three best guys before him, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you, and we'll just use modern English and modern terms. He said, I'm gonna, and he gave one guy $5,000. Actually, it was much more than that. But he gave one guy $5,000, he gave another guy $2,000, and he gave one guy $1,000. The guy that got five, what did he do with it? He doubled it, right? He doubled what he'd been given, the talents. The talents there is not your abilities. The talents there is money, okay? So he, he, he doubled, got 10000 the, the guy that had two, he got what? Four, right? Come on. Four. So the guy that had one, the Bible says, took it, dug a hole in the backyard, wrapped it up real nice, and buried it. Finally, the landowner comes back, and the Bible says he calls the three men before him, and, and the first guy shows up, and he says, I, I had five, and now I have ten. And, and the master says, the landowner says to him, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Good and faithful. Second guy shows up. I had two. I got four. He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The last guy showed up and said, I still got what you gave me. Boss, I didn't lose it. I didn't go bet it on the ponies. I, I still got it. I, I think the landowner would say, I wish you'd bet it on the ponies. At least you tried something. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating that. Don't, don't misquote me. I get in a lot of trouble for things that go through my brain. All right? So don't go there. Uh, but, but you know what he says to that man? He says that you are an unprofitable servant. See, what God gives us, whatever he has placed within us, what he wants us to do is to expand that. And as we expand that, whether it's, you know, a problem-solving thing he's given to us or a communication skill he's given us, or maybe you've been given an ability to build teams or whatever, God says, okay, I've given you all of this. Now, what are you going to do with it? You know, we, I, I got to hurry, but we, we pray for God to do these miraculous things. And God says, what are you doing with what I gave you? Have you expanded your capacity so I can expand your territory? 
to get this. God always equips us to meet the challenge that we're going to face. God always gives you what you're going to need. But it's up to you and me, it's up to us, whether we prepare ourselves for the increase God's going to send. The reason that it seems like some people are just always moving forward, moving forward, moving forward, is because they are always preparing themselves. Lord, would you enlarge my territory? Can I give you three things that it will take for you to enlarge your territory? I, I gave you some things not to have. Let me give you three things to take in about the next five minutes. Number one, to enlarge your territory is going to take change. You can't stay where you are and you can't stay who you are if you want to expand your territory. Wow, it gets quiet. Well, I, I just won't pray. No, sometimes you got to change. You know, God's, God's blessed us in the, in the past several years as we've pastored the church and, and, and we've seen God do so many wonderful things in uh, almost 13 years now of the history of this church. And I have people every once in a while say, well, you've changed. And I go, I hope. I hope I've changed. I hope I'm not the same guy I was 13 years ago. I hope I'm a better communicator. I hope I pray more. I hope I love more. I mean, some of you who were here the first few years really pray for that one. You know, I mean, I, mean I, I hope that there's been change, all right? In your life, you've got to be willing to change to see your territory enlarged. You've got to change some of the things around you, and you've even got to change who you are. H have you ever met a 40-year-old that's still a 15-year-old kid? Isn't that lovely? Number one is, I've got to change. Number two is it's going to take courage to see your territory enlarged, to see God do great and powerful things, whether it's in your marriage or in your family or, or whether it's in your spiritual walk, whatever it is, whatever area, maybe it's your business. You're saying, man, I, I want to do something great. Let me, let me help you. Uh, how many of you have ever heard, uh, and, and courage just means acting in the face of, or in spite of fear or in the face of fear, okay? How many of you have ever heard people say, well, well you know, fear just means false evidence appearing what? real let me tell you that's a bunch of baloney sometimes it's real if there's a lion down here that's not false evidence appearing real i'm not going to jump down there that thing can kill you right that's not false that's real now what i've got to do if the lord says hey i'm gonna i'm gonna throw you into the den of lions i've got to go in spite of my fear that's what courage is and if you're going to do something great for God, something great for your life, something great for your business, people say, well, you know, I was going to start a business, but it's just not the right time. Let me help you. To get married, to have babies, to go back to school, to start a business, to change your, where you're at, in, whatever it is, there is never the right time. If you're waiting for the right time, you will be waiting until Jesus comes. That'll be the right time. Right? So you, you just sometimes you just got to launch out there. We, we entered this massive building program here right when the recession started. Now, God and I had a few conversations about it. But you know what? We just had to have courage. Our leadership just had to have courage to step out 
and do what God called us to do. The third thing that you've got to have is that you've got to have communication. I tried to make all these C's so they'd be easier to remember. All right? Communication. I must get God's direction in my life. Now, basically, I'm talking about prayer. All right? This whole, this whole series is about prayer. All right? I, I've got to know what God's saying to me. I've got to know what God's speaking in that moment of my life. Now, now let me wrap this up today. You have an opportunity today to be bold. You have an opportunity every day you wake up to say, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Not that I can just be blessed, but so I can be a blessing. Lord, that you would enlarge my territory. God, I'm not willing to settle for a two-by-four world anymore. I want you to expand my territory. I want you to enlarge what I think, how I believe. God, I want my faith to explode. I want to believe for greater things. But you know what? God's not going to do it all by himself. It takes both of you. It takes you doing your part, getting rid of some attitudes, getting rid of some junk, getting rid of some stuff, and then coming to that place. See, I'm not, I'm not just trying to train you to pray this prayer. Lord, you bless me indeed. You enlarge my territory. Your hand will be upon me. And you keep me from evil that I wouldn't cause pain. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And walk out. No. It's not what it's about. You need to pray the prayer, but you need to pray it with understanding. You need to know that there's an expansion of it. Just as the Lord's prayer is not something just to repeat, this prayer is not something just to repeat either. It's something to live out. And you know what I believe? I believe that as we begin to live it out, miracles will begin to happen. I believe, in fact, I'm already hearing reports, I believe with all my heart that things will begin to happen supernaturally on your behalf that you will have to step back and say, you know what? God granted me my request. I didn't do it. God did it. And when he does it, then he gets all the glory. Amen?